Hello and welcome! You're now listening to Fancy on Tour. My name is Fanny and I'm a vagabond from Sweden, currently exploring in North America. In this show, I will share my stories from traveling with you. Let's get it all started. In the last episode of Fancy on Tour, I talked about all the similarities that I've found between Revelstoke and the TV series Twin Peaks. I also shared my experience from skiing naked. And I revealed my new adventure plan to move to Montreal for the summer. And now the stories continue. And after almost five months in Revelstoke, I'm taking off for some new adventures. This is Fancy on Tour, episode eight. Up, 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 up. We had enough of Twin Peaks. If you want to hear about Twin Peaks, listen to episode seven. This is episode eight. So after almost five months in this cute little mountain town, it was time for me to go on a new adventure. I was ready for a change. And through my roommates in Revy, I had made a connection in Montreal. And I had got an offer from them to rent a room in their shared flat for the summer. This was exciting. I was going to move in in June and was able to stay until the end of August. But before then, I had some time to travel around. My plan from the start was to maybe take my car and drive to different mountains all over the US and Canada. But the truth is, to be honest with you, I got a bit tired of skiing. And I didn't have anyone to go on an adventure with. So instead, I decided to leave my car in Revelstoke, store it there for the next season, and go to the West Coast on my own and visit some friends. First destination, Vancouver. I was very lucky to be able to share a car ride with some other guys that were heading the same way. It was a bit strange to leave Revelstoke. It had been a great experience living in the spa ball, but it felt really cool to move on and experience something new in the country. I arrived to Vancouver in the evening and I was going to stay the weekend at my newfound friend Julia's place. I got to know her when she stayed with my roommates for a couple of days in January. And this evening when I arrived, Julia was at a work dinner. And I was so eager to explore the city, so I just left my things and went out on a stroll. And when I got out on the streets, I was met by an intense odor. <gasps> it was cherry blossom, and they were everywhere. Julia lived very close to the main street, where there were a lot of cool bars and restaurants. I went and explored the area and ended up at this very cool art gallery called VAL, Vancouver Art and Leisures. The photographer Chris Reed had an opening night for his exhibition. And there were photos of people taken with an overhead screen projecting colors on their faces. And every photo had its own poem attached to it. And I really like this poem. 
Mentors are the totems of our being, the second voice in our minds that brings peace to the loudest doubts. When we reject the voice, we reject ourselves. We lie when we're afraid, when truth is the crucifix. The only true voice is the one we ignore, not allowing inspiration to wither a downward spiral was ridden with a blindfold. Blinded to the clipping of the wings we were brought under. Wow, it feels so good to finally be able to experience some art and culture again. And I just wanted more. I asked one of the bartenders at the gallery if he knew about any other exhibitions this evening. He recommended me to go to a street in Chinatown. It's 15 minutes walk, and if they are still open, there might be some artsy events going on tonight. It was almost 11 p.m., but I was urging for more cultural inputs, so I decided to check out the street that he recommended. But oh no, I should not have done that. Is this an art gallery? I asked to three guys in their late teenage years who came out from a building on the street where I had been recommended to go. Oh no, dude, this is a drug shop. What do you want to buy? Something smokable? Something eatable? <laughs> How naive I was. Now I could totally see that the painting that I could glimpse from the glass door on the inside was a marijuana plant. Oh, thank you for the information, guys, but I think I'm okay. I continued looking around and realized this street was quite empty. It also felt a bit sketchy, so I decided to go back to the main road again. But instead of going straight up the same way, uh, I was going to make a loop. So I turned right and went back up on a parallel street. And there was a lot of more action on this street. On the other side, I could spot people that were standing around the street outside something that looked like a bar. They seemed to be in such a party mode. Or what were they really doing? Then all the puzzle pieces fell into place. It wasn't a bar. It was a drug shack. And I looked around me and realized that they were all in some serious on some serious drugs and that I was the only sober person around on this street. Now I only had one thing in mind. Get out of there as fast as possible. The main street was looming 100 meters in front of me. But to get there I had to pass 50 intoxicated zombies. This was worse than being featured in the series Walking Dead. I lift my head up high and with focused steps and a forward gaze, I walked as fast as I possibly could to reach back to the safe ground. I made it safe and sound and all I wanted to do now was to go back home. And we later telling the story to some other people I met in Vancouver, no one could believe how unlucky I was. I mean... How could that guy ever have recommended me to visit this area by night? It was such a culture shock, and in one way so funny, 
The first thing I did after living in the safe Revy bubble was to go and visit the most sketchy street in Vancouver. No wonder I was shocked. Have you heard about the Chasing Sunrise? I got invited to one of their events on that Sunday afternoon in Vancouver. The mission was to watch the sun go down from a mountain outside of the city. A bunch of people gathered on the parking lot of Dog Mountain and we walked together as a troop up to the top. It was a magical view of Vancouver. We had picnic and wine and God knows what else. Whether it was the sun, the meditation or the entrancing male group leaders, I don't not know, but all I know is that people went a little bit crazy, started dressing off and took photos with the view, danced around in onesies and it seemed like they never want to go back again. And this group is meeting up every week to watch a sunrise or a sunset. No wonder they became an incestuous family. So if you want to go on a sunset mission, avant-garde style, join the Chasing Sunrise. I continued my tour, took a train down the coast, stopped in Seattle for two hours, and had the cherry pie a la Twin Peaks that I never found in Revelstoke. I visited my good friend Caroline in Portland for a couple of days and continued down to San Francisco where another beloved friend, Amanda, greeted me. She lived in the neighborhood The Mission, which is full of Mexican restaurants. And oh, how much I had been longing for this food. We ate a good meal and chatted about life, love, etc. So, have you gone on many dates this winter, Fancy? A few, I responded. But I haven't had that much luck. I was thinking about doing some tindering in Revelstoke, but I think the town was too small for that. Hmm, what about trying the luck here in San Francisco? said Amanda. Ah, well, maybe she was right. I was going to have a couple of days on my own in the city, so maybe this was a perfect time for me to do some swiping and get to know some new souls in the area. The next day was a Saturday, and what could be a better thing to do than to go and have some wine and relax? Suddenly, we arrived in Napa Valley. It was my first time, and I felt like I was a fancy 50-year-old lady visiting this VIP vineyard. It was like a dream, and thanks to Amanda's parents' membership, we got to taste some really good wine overlooking the Napa Valley's beautiful landscape. What had I done to deserve this? I had to pinch my arm, but I was still there, and the sommelier gave us another glass of red to try. Or however it sounded when I tried, hmm, it tastes like oak and chocolate. I tried my best to show off my non-wine knowledge. 
and in the end of the session, we felt kind of obliged to buy a $100 bottle. Or maybe we have to get even two to make up for the tasting. Uh, was the tasting included in the membership? Amanda asked. Oh yeah, it is, the sommelier confirmed. Ah, I see. Then we will skip buying something today, I think, said Amanda. And tipsy, and with some money left to spend on drinks in the city, we went back to San Fran again. So back to the Tinder story again. During the weekend, I have been swiping, I'll tell you. And it turned out to bring me some luck. Or at least, I thought so. When Monday came, my friend went back to work, and I headed over to Dolores Park, where I had my first date of the day. The guy spotted me right away. He looked very different from the photo, but was really nice to talk to. The day started great. I mean, I wasn't attracted to him, but it was still nice to share coffee and have a chat. Well, I guess guess our impressions were a bit different, This guy was really devoted. He wanted to show me all the romantic places in the city. And I didn't mind being driven around with a private guide. Well, after spending three hours together, I definitely had enough. He dropped me off outside of a museum. And as a happy ending of our hangout, he asked me for a kiss. A kiss. Who asks for a kiss? And didn't he sense that I wasn't into him? Oh my gosh, this dude was blinded by the light of my blue eyes. I turned my cheek and made it into a French kiss. I jumped out of the car and poo, that was intense. But if I would try one more match, could it be this bad? Said and done. A couple of hours later, I found myself sitting in the same park again, but this time with a Frenchie. I greeted him with a French kiss. But that was about it. The situation became very awkward. When I looked around him, I realized that we were not alone. He had brought his three couch surfers with him. They had just arrived and they knew him as little as I did. They all sat there and stared. Meanwhile, Monsieur tried to impress me with some juggling tricks. And that summed up it all. He was definitely juggling with balls. And I was one of them. After 20 minutes in silence, I managed to escape and meet up with my friend again. I was exhausted. Tinder can be fun, but also very tiring. But one thing is for sure. If you want to have a random experience in the city, swipe to the right. Relieved to be with a known person again, I want to celebrate. This was my last evening on the West Coast, and what could be a better thing to do than to have a sunset picnic on the South Bay Beach overlooking the Golden Gate Bridge? It felt so unreal, and the nachos were so good. Right there and then, no Tinder session in the world 
could have made me happier than this. And I don't think that I was missing the Chasing Sunrise crew either. You have been listening to Fancy on Tour, a radio show about a Swedish vagabond and her stories from traveling. And if you want to know more about me and my travels, just check it out. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Fancy on Tour podcast. See you! I'm